Welcome to Chosen Generation Ministries with Pastor Paul Morgan. We are a non-denominational multicultural ministry based in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. CGM helps to develop nurturing, healthy relationships with ourselves, others, and God. We are a conversational church that engages our congregation in an active dialogue that enhances their personal walk with Jesus Christ in all aspects of life. Let's join Pastor Paul. You do miracles today. You never stop doing what you do. It's your miraculous. You are miraculous. If we had 10,000 tongues, we couldn't thank you enough. Because that would just be the beginning of what we have to be thankful for. Every breath that we breathe is, is another way of showing you that your work is not wasted. Every time we have eyes to see, we get to see another miracle manifest. Every step that we take is your way of showing us that you still are God. So, Father, we come before your throne, washed in the blood of Jesus. I thank you for giving me the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might. Make me a quick understanding so I do not judge by what I see with my eyes or hear with my ears, but by what your Holy Spirit reveals to me. We thank you, Jesus, for your presence, and I ask you to be Lord over this ministry and all that is done here. We thank you in advance that your word will go forth in might, power, and dominion. We bind every hindering spirit that would try to say, no, 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 it's not going to happen today, because that's a lie. You gave us authority, and we walk in that authority. We walk in that might. We walk in that power. But we walk in the miraculous because any situation or circumstance that come up, we have the ability to take authority over it and bring healing to it. And we just thank you in advance for what you purpose to do today. It shall be done. It shall be manifested. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Have a seat. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to CGM Chosen Generation Ministries, Richmond, Virginia. We've been talking about what's love got to do with it. This is the last and final part of this series. So what does love have to do with it? Does love make things better? It should. <laughs> or does love make it worse? Depending on what relationship you're in. Depending on your mindset. How do you see it? So returning to our first love is what we've been talking about, the steps of returning to our first love. Because when you're into your first love, that gets all the attention, right? Should, should it fade or should it intensify? It should intensify. Why should it intensify? Because the more you know someone, the more love you should have for them. Once you get to know them, you shouldn't be real surprised. Y'all ready for this? Don't fuss at me now. Because we gravitate to who is our emotional likeness. Y'all need me to say it again? We gravitate to our emotional likeness. So if you got some kinky stuff with you, guess who you're going to gravitate towards? And then you want them to change, but you gravitated towards your likeness. I did. Porter, they don't want me to talk about that, so I'm, I'm going to move on. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and talk about these are the five that I gave you already. Uh, returning to our first love, getting back to intimacy with God, becoming a living sacrifice. That means you're laying aside what you think you want to do to pick up what he wants you to do. So the sacrifice means that I'm giving something that's important to me, myself. Number two was following his footsteps. What you saw him do, guess what we're supposed to do? Same thing. It didn't say that you can heal, you can heal back in Jesus' time, but you can't heal today. If you saw him heal, let's heal. 
Number three, God loved people. Say, say with me, including children. Because some people don't like children. I better not hear that from the parents. Some people don't like children. But see, Jesus, he did it all. I mean, he loved the sinner. He, he loved people that were considered unlovable. You know, IRS, he loved the tax collector. You know, the tax collector. We, we get kind of upset with them, no? Okay, two people said. Well, I was, you know, uh, Curly and I, we had to pay a pretty good amount of taxes, but because we give and it's given under us, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, they found out they made a mistake on us. So they sent us back $1,000. So did I fuss with the IRS? I just thank God for it. I, we just thank God for it. Did my little dance, I was good to go. <laughs> Number four, we seek first the kingdom of God. So, so you, you, you know in movies you watch where, where people talk about diplomatic immunity, you can't, you, uh, you can't mess with people in your, your, your country because of their diplomatic immunity. Well, see, we need to find out how the kingdom works so we can have diplomatic immunity. We need to find out what, how it works. Because the world says you give, then you're not going to get nothing back. But God's word says when you give, it's given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. So you don't just get what you gave. You get it pressed down. So when you start to unpack it, it jumps out. Like that $1,000 jumped out. You know, you go to the mailbox. You know, everybody know I'm going to go to the mailbox like this. But if I knew $1,000 was in that box, I would have moved a little quicker. So it jumped out. I'm just talking about my God. I don't know about what your God does. And then the third, the fifth one was get in his word. How are you going to find out something about him if you don't read him? You don't read about him. You know, when we got to take a test in college or, you know, you're getting promoted to your next level, they hand you something you got to read. You don't come back next day and they say you need to read one through five, chapter five. You don't come back and say, no, I didn't read it. You make sure you read it. Well, if we want to know about God. We got to find out. How, we got to find out what his word says. So any situation or circumstance you're dealing with, you need to go and find out what the word says about it. If it's sickness, you need to find out about healing. If it's lack, you need to find out about abundance. If it's disagreement and arguments, you need to find out about forgiveness. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. This side sounds a little loud, so I'm going to gravitate over there. How many of y'all have challenge with forgiveness? Raise your hand. I'm not going to call you up. I'm not going to call you up. So do you see challenge, as, I mean, forgiveness as a weakness? But see, only the strong can forgive because the weak, they want to fight back. They want to see them. Lord, you just strike them down. Am I lying on anybody? Anybody have prayed that prayer? Okay, this side seemed honest. I'm going to go over here. And I said, Lord, strike them down. Did you see what they did to me? But Netta was always like that. And then she came into forgiveness. Amen. She, she learned how to forgive. She even forgave me, her pastor. But, 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 but let me just keep on going. It's okay. Is it okay to smile in church? Because yeah. God laughing at us. Okay? But, but let's, now today I want to talk about talking and reasoning with God. How many of us try to do that? Reason with God. Amen. I see your hands. Lord, if you just get me out of this. Did anybody pray that prayer? Yes, sir. And, and we prayed it a couple times. You know, we like, Lord, if we say it a lot, maybe you'll do it. But if you just get me out of this, then I'm going to serve you more. Then it got you out and did what you do. We did it again, did it again, did it again. <laughs> right back again. But we got in there deeper this time because we're like, ooh, the grace worked. 
Lord, I'm just talking to the people, okay? But, but, but check this out. Isaiah, one of the prophets, he, he, he said, you know, he was trying to talk to God about something, you know, because he was trying to tell God that Israel wasn't as sinful as they were. So he said, you know, I tell you what, uh, I want to talk to you about this thing. God said, I tell you what, come let us reason together. Let's talk about this thing because you're going to tell me your perspective. And I'm an all-knowing God. I'm going to tell you what I see and what's going to happen. So see, when God knows the end from the beginning, he's trying to bring us to a place where we don't have to go what he already saw. Y'all see what I'm saying? But, but Isaiah said, you know, Lord, it's not as bad as you think it is. But see, when we want to talk and reason with God, we got to be brutally honest with him. We can't come talk to him like, no, you know, what you saw me do last night, that's not really what I did. You know, it's like, you know, it, it was a little, you know, you saw it from the ramp, wrong angle. Anybody wanted God to see it from the wrong angle? You know, because if you see things from the wrong angle, you know, it's not as bad as you thought it was. But, but you know, he's all-knowing. <laughs> he know what we're going to do. He knew what I was going to preach on. Am I lying on anybody? But, Lord, you didn't really see it like that. You, you, y'all remember when y'all was cheating? Anybody ever cheated? Raise your hand. I see two people over there, and I'm raising my hand. Okay, that boy got married now. Boy got married. Okay, I see. Okay, thank, thank you, gentlemen. No, what, no ladies cheated in here? Okay, oh, on the, oh, no, we ain't talking about on the text. <laughs> and, 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 you know, when your, 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 your person found out that you had cheated, what they did, Faith, when we tried to come up with an excuse, we said, no, we wasn't over there. But, see, we didn't know they had already tracked our phone. So we go to line and they just listen. And then they pull out the final blow. Well, according to your phone that I tracked, you was over there at such and such time and such and such time. See, that's not being brutally honest. But you got to be brutally honest with God. You got to talk to him about what's really going on with you. If you're afraid, say it. Because he won't bring healing to it. Don't try to act like, Lord, I believe your word. You know you don't. You know you don't. You, you, you don't even have a scripture to stand on. What are you standing on? You stand on what your grandma said, what your mama said, what your daddy said. But see, God's relationship with him is a personal relationship. How he treat Curly is different than how he treat me. He's not taking nothing from Curly and not taking nothing from me. But we got separate personal relationships. She might talk to him at 4 o'clock in the morning. What you think I'm doing? So I'm going to talk to him at 7 when I get up. <laughs> but we got to be brutally honest. How many of y'all need to be brutally honest with God? Okay, all right. That's why I'm talking about this. Then you need to ask the hard questions. What are you thinking about, Lord? What's going on in this? What's going on with that? Ask the hard questions. How do you get the sun to come up in the same place every day? What's your hard question for God? I want you to write that down. What's your hard question? Because see, after I teach on this, you should be able to talk to him. But y'all ready for this? I never ask why. Because if he's God, he's perfect. I never ask why. And what I found out in counseling for over 35 years, I got to say 30, stop saying 35 because it's 37. Um, what happens is whenever a person asks him why, I've never seen him answer. So that taught me. See, I learned real quick. I, I'm a person, I don't like pain, so I don't want to go through your pain. So I, I try to learn from you. If you went down and you wrecked, then it's like, okay, well, maybe I need to go over on this side of the road. Well, they went on this side of the road. But some people like pain. How many of y'all like pain? 
Uh-oh, uh-oh. Y'all ready? Okay, I appreciate your honesty. I can hear one person, but you're not the only one. They're not being real with God. They're not being brutally honest with God. Because how can we tell we like pain? Because we keep doing the same thing. Uh-oh. If you ain't like pain, you wouldn't do it again. I never asked why, but this is what I asked. Y'all write this down. It's going to change your life. My Holy Spirit gave it to my wife and I over 20 years ago, and this is our daily confession. Holy Spirit, show me what I need to know. Show me what I need to know. See, I didn't ask why. I'm asking him to tell, show me what I need to know. So that way I know. I know when to move from service to service or, or message to message or how to, to move something because he's showing me, yeah, yeah, you, you, you. they almost there. Make this adjustment. Instead of extending it, end it. See, Holy Spirit, show me what I need to know. Y'all say it so you, you can get, get used to it. Y'all ready? Holy Spirit, show me what I need to know. And see, no topic is off limits. Y'all understand what I'm saying? If you're married and you, 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 you make it love to your wife, can, can he show you where, where to put your hands? Uh-oh, uh-oh. Pastor, you didn't put to talk about sex in churches, love making. Okay, y'all, yeah. see, see right there, he said, make the adjustment. <laughs> he said, make the adjustment. You can talk about that another time. They're not ready for it yet. Okay, so, see, I don't have to ask why, but he showed me what I need to know. He said, they're too embarrassed. They're turning red. Black people turning red. Okay, all right. Then do everything he tells you to do. Did, I, did it say do some of the things he told you? When he said, go, go ahead and move on, they're not ready for that. Then I, I need to move on. Because it say everything. Then do everything he tells you to do. So you ask the question, he gives the answer. If it's not what you want it to be, then he said, wait, wait a minute. Now. You asked me, I told you. Well, your freedom is in that. Your freedom is doing everything he told you to do. If he tells you to forgive and you want peace, but you want to stay in unforgiveness, you didn't do everything. Now, how often did he say we're supposed to forgive? How much? So how much is that? One day. That's a lot of forgiveness, isn't it? But most of the time, just on one person. Because we so focused on that one person, nobody else can hurt us. Uh-oh. <laughs> so Isaiah, remember the prophet here. He, he, he said, you know, Lord, things are not as bad as you, you, you think they are. But, I mean, God is seeing from everywhere, and Isaiah is only seeing the people that he with. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18 through 19, the Amplified, it says, Come now, this is God talking. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Now, reason in the uh, Old Testament written in Hebrew, New Testament written in Greek, that, that word reason is we're going to have a discussion. The court might get heated. But somewhere in that discussion, let us reason together. Somebody's going to be convicted or somebody will be let go. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Because, I mean, it's just like a court case. You're coming for a court case. Though your sins are like scarlet, that's pretty red, they shall be white as snow. In my sessions, I know when to release a person from counseling because when they come in, they got a black wall. When there's a black wall, that means that they made a decision, a coping skill, that what they would do is I got to build a wall so that nobody can get out. That's me. And nobody can come in. That's them. But then when it turns white, it means there is resolved. Nothing is written on it. It's just pure white. So that's what he's saying. You, you, yeah, we got sins, and there's a whole lot of blood on those sins. Other people's blood? Let me keep on going. But he's going to turn it white. He's going to make sure there's no remembrance of it. 
though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. But check this out. Here's the kicker. But if you are willing, see, you can be obedient but not willing. Anybody ever been obedient? When your parents told you to do something? <laughs> you was obedient because you was concerned. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Some of us got spankers. I know we got spankers. How many of y'all got spanked before? And I got a question to ask. Did your parents talk to you while they were spanking? They talked to you? Yeah, what did they say? Yeah, give them a mic. Give them a mic. What, 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 what did they say? Oh, excuse me. What did they say? You know this hurts me more than oh, it they, hurts you. They were lying. They were lying. They were like, how could it hurt more? Oh, here comes Jazz. That's our daughter. I know we said some stuff to you. What did we say? My mama said, I, you crying? I ain't done nothing yet. Oh. I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, hey, Tim, why did we cry before they touched us? We, trying, to, trying to deflect the pain. Trying to deflect the pain. <laughs> and, and see, what we did was we got, in, we got our, our spankers together, Lord. Yes, sir. My parents did it from the tallest to the oldest to the youngest. And Madeline and I hoped since we were the youngest, we was hoping by the time they get to us, they would have ran out. They ain't run out. They ain't run out, Wayne. What, 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 what happened, Roslyn, was this. My, my, I heard my mom ask dad one day. She said, honey, it seemed like you spanked that one more than you did the other one. He said, no, honey, I counted every lick. So he counted the licks, four licks each. And then I had a sister curl, curling, and uh, she tried to put... Uh, uh, the Sears Roebuck book. Y'all remember the, the Christmas book about that thick? She didn't realize it made her butt look different. You know what I'm saying? It made her butt look different. So dad said, what's in there? So he said, pull it out. So she pulled it out. This book was this thick. See, we tried stuff. <laughs> but see, you can be obedient but not willing. When you're willing, that means you are ready for it. You made a decision to bring your, your mind to line up with your spirit. You made a decision. You shall eat the good of the land, the best of the land. I told you before, see, this is my story. I can't tell your story, but I can tell my story. I ran from the Lord for 20-something years, 25 years. But see, now that I'm willing and obedient to accept the call of ministry on my life, we are, my wife and I, my family, are eating the good of the land. See, if I had known what I knew then, Shoot, I would have been here a long time ago. But I, all I saw was what I'd be missing instead of what I'd be gaining. See, that thing is real. Any area that we got a shortage in our life, somewhere along the line, we looked at what we would be missing instead of what we'd be gaining. Because if we looked at what we were gaining, we wouldn't stay in that relationship. Uh-oh. Okay, time to move on. Okay, all right? Check this out. Jesus reasoned, even Jesus Talk to the Father. Reason with the Father. But see, he did his real quick. Because see, Jesus is on point. He did his within a second. He said, you know, Father, if this cup, he's talking about crucifixion, talking about how he's going to be beaten, how he's going to be despised, how he's going to hang on the cross, how he's going to be separated from the Father, a thing that he had never experienced before. And, and he said to the Father, he said, if this cup can pass from me, meaning that if I don't have to go to, to the cross, if I don't have to be beaten, and then in a split second, he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your, yours be done. Check that out in Luke 22, 42. So in a split second, he changed that thing. Because, see, this is where deliverance is. This is where healing is. This is where peace is. This is where every abundance is. 
is making sure that we do the will of the Father. See, he has all that already set up. But that's what we're fighting for all this time is like, no, no, I don't have to do the will. He really meant do it like this. Reasoning with God must be according to his will. Did it say should be? Must be. Must be according to his will. In John, uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, in the Amplified Bible says, This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we, as believers, are entitled to. So what are you entitled to? Are you entitled to peace? Are you entitled to rest? I mean, my wife and I, y'all saw on Facebook, I thank you for all the, the uh, congratulations that came in. Uh, Tamika, our oldest daughter, had, had her birthday. Is it okay to say how old? No, don't say it, don't say it. 40, 40, 46 years old. She turned 46. So we took a plane up there, and, and uh, uh, we shut down the airport for a little while because things are tighter now. I mean, stores, what's in your bag and all that. And uh, my wife, my wife, my wife something. So, you know, she, she knew that Tamika liked a lemon, a lemon cake. And I'm talking to you, okay? Lemon cake. So she made the layers and, and, and put them all in aluminum foil. And I had to curve my, my backpack in a certain way not to hurt the layers. And she had made us sandwiches. And we, we, we were set until we, we got to the checkout, baggage checkout. She had made this icing, Nicole. I mean, this icing was, it, it was on top. She, she even told me I could taste it, Porter. Yes, sir. She, told, she said, you taste it. I said, man. You know, I don't, I don't try to get no little sip, you know, little, little piece. I just said, hold it right there, that, honey. I tried to get it look that way. So I did it like that. Mm, man, that, 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 that lemon was good. I mean, you could taste it. Man, we get up to the baggage check. They take it out. They say, what is this? <laughs> I say, we're going to New York for our daughter's birthday party. And it's like, uh, that's icing for the cake. I say, you can test it. You know, get a spoon, test it. Because I, I thought they would have mercy as long as they tested, tested it. But they said, no, nah, no. Nah. So they call in a supervisor. And uh, supervisor, what? I say, man, they say it's too heavy. I say, well, push some out. Get, some, get rid of some of it. No, they ain't want to do that. No, we're going to have to throw it away. And, 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 and I said, what? You know, but I said it cool, you know, what? What? <laughs> so they say, well, the only thing you can do is go back out and then have it checked in, you know, baggage clean. So then by that time, my wife just got some, some new hair stuff and new body stuff, and then they pulled that out. That's money. I mean, that just came from Amazon. I just got there. And the lady said, and, and I can see the light in her eyes, Tim. I can see the light. He's like, ooh, I'm going to use this tonight. I'm going to use this tonight. So they took that too. So, so, so as Curly and I walking away, how many of y'all know when to shut up? Raise your hand, you know when to shut up. I'm looking at my wife's face, real, you know, it's not as peaceful as it normally is, but that was all her stuff. See, it wasn't my stuff. It was her stuff. So, you know, I just shut up for, because we had to walk from, uh, what was it, 20 from 20 all the way to 45, we was going up and down steps and all this that stuff. And so, you know, I wait till we get to, the, to our plane, and I look at her, and, and the, the rest is back. I say, sweetie, what did you tell yourself? Give, give her a mic so y'all hear what she told us. Now, okay, I got I got she, she said, well, you know, I can always make another. She said, well, I can always reorder. I said, going forth, we're going to do it at the baggage claim and let them do it so that way they ain't, we ain't got to worry about them taking the stuff. I mean, they, they robbed us good. Then on the way back, 
on the way back, the stuff they didn't get on the first going, they took it coming back. When we got home, my baby was just like it. <laughs> baby just like it. Ain't take me no time. But but reasonable God must be according to his will. So we should have asked them, Lord, should we bag, should we bag his clay in this thing? No, we wanted to carry it on board. But we did bind fighting and stuff like that. We bound that right up. I mean, after we saw two, no, no, I said, no, that's not going to happen on our plane. But we, we, we got there in time, and, and the hotel we stayed in, guess what? They had a grocery store right across the street. So my wife couldn't go to sleep. She had to go across the street. And, you know, we in New York, so I said, no, baby, I go with you. And she, she got everything she needed for the icing, so the next morning when we went to their house, she started working. But I'm telling you guys, reasoning with God must be according to his will. So you need to ask some stuff. So next time we'll know, Lord, how you want us to pack? What, is this too big? Is this too small? How you want to do this thing? In 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, the Amplified, it says, This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we, as believers, are entitled to. So you got to ask yourself, what are you, if you don't read his word, you won't know what you're entitled to. Have before him. That if we ask anything according to what we want. Uh-oh. Huh? So how, how will I know his will? I got to read his word. Got to spend time with him. According to his word. Oh, she said, you just asked him. Is it that simple? I just asked him. According to his will, that is consistent with his plan and purpose, he hears us. It has to be consistent. Now, we can, we can tweak it and put 90% of what God wants and then 10% what we want, but it's not consistent. It's like that, that, that icing that she made. It was the same icing, just at a different place. It's consistent with the ingredients. We got to know what the ingredients is. If you want to get better, all you need to do is make sure you thank him for what you have. Because he said, to them that have shall be what? I don't like this job. Are you thankful? Okay, I'm going to move on then. All right, now this is number seven. Start to praise and worship him. Uh Uh-oh. Start to praise and worship him. Now, I'm going to bring the music uh, lead up here and let her talk to you a little bit about what's the difference between uh, how to. What, when you sing worship and praise songs, what does that mean? Who should that be directed towards? Then I might sing for you. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. That's not according to his will. That's not according to his will. <laughs> you can come on up. That's not according to the will. I'm going to stay in my lane. Pastor was praising and singing a few weeks ago. I remember hearing it on the rebroadcast, so he's almost there. Mm. So um, our predecessor, Sharon, shout out to Sharon. Shout out to Sharon. She taught us that we start with man to man. So that's when we sing to each other about God. So an example of that would be how great is our God. So you're singing how great is our God. Sing with me how great. So that's man to man. I'm telling you how great he is. But then the next step is man to God. So that would be like, great are you, Lord. So you're talking to him and you're telling him how great he is. So that's basically the rule when we select songs. Okay. We make sure it flows that way. And you can start from man to God. But when you do that, you just stay there with him. You don't revert back to man to man. And you'll notice a shift. And his presence often leaves when you go backwards. Amen. And, and do we want it to leave? No. Should have last Sunday. 
Yes, sir. It happened last Sunday. I, I, I surprised somebody, my friend. <laughs> but then I called up because the enemy had tried to take her off for the whole year. And I called up, you know, I was minding my own business. How many of y'all know when I mind my own business? What happened? God tells me something because I'm minding my own business. I ain't minding yours. <laughs> so I'm sitting over there and, and ties and offering going on and I just see Bonetta singing. And so I called Jazz, you know, the music person just went up. I said, go get this song mixed. Go, go get the song set. And uh, he said, well, she said, well, did, did you check with her? I said, no, it'll be a surprise to her just like it was to me. <laughs> And my line, guys, she came up here. The anointing was upon her, and she started to sing. And, you know, but Bonetta, when she, don't y'all take this the wrong way, when Bonetta started singing, she can get ugly on you. And I don't mean her ugly as a person. I mean her lips was getting out there more. Then she pointed a finger at you. Like she mad at somebody. She said, what, who, what I'm ever singing to, you better get it. Man, after she sung, sat down, then somebody else started to sing. Somebody else started to sing. Somebody else started to sing. Guys, we was in here for about half an hour, 45 minutes, which is impressive. Mr. Bonetta, did anything happen to you while you was worshiping and praising God? It might come in your way. Yeah, when I get up there, and I'm, you know how I am. Yes, we do. <laughs> Pretty reluctant, reluctant to be in front of, you know, people. But when I get up there, there is no fear. Glory to God, see? So when you worship, fear got to leave. And she caught that second breath, too. I saw it at first. I mean, because, Ed, remember you walked up? But the anointing was so strong on the way back, I told Ed, don't touch her. Because Ed would have fell out. Because my girl had the anointing in her, man. I'm telling you. So you, you, when you get to worship, guys, you forget a whole bunch of stuff. So let, let me just talk to you about what worship is. It's magnifying God. See, when we magnify God, we forget how big we think we are. Because, you know, how many of y'all think, you know, we, we, we high and mighty? I can quote 12 scriptures. We hide mighty. I know the front and the back. I read all the Bible. You only read two pages. I mean, you know, when, when we get into worship by magnifying God, we forget who we're sitting beside. You know, because sometimes you, you have invited somebody to church, a friend of yours, and then they, they mess up your worship because you're looking to see whether they're paying attention. Sure, I invited you because I know what I know. You know what I'm saying? But it's admiration for all he is. It is a lifestyle of holiness. It's a lifestyle. Just like some of us have a lifestyle of exercise, eating right, uh, saving money. What, what, what other lifestyles we got? Spending money. Let's pray for her. <laughs> it's a lifestyle of holiness. Where, you know, it's challenging for me to hear worship songs and not start to cry. Yeah, that's right. I'm a man. And man got tear ducts. And Jesus cried, so it's okay for me to cry. That's your issue, not mine. It comes from my heart, and this is authentic. Oh, that, that's the buzzword. Everything needs to be authentic. You know, when I was concerned about, you know, coming on, you know, uh, uh, social media and all that, you know, I had to have my light right. Because, see, I, I, I graduated from college and uh, minor in photography and major in commercial art, design books and covers and so forth, Wayne and I. And so it's like we knew where how the lighting was supposed to be. You had to have hair, hair light, right? You know, you had to iron your shirt. And then they kept telling me about being authentic. You can have your shirt wrinkled. You can have, you can't, can't even see your face. It's all right as long as you're authentic. <laughs> Amen? Amen? I'm just, I'm just talking to my people. I'm talking to my people. I, I'm learning this. You know, it's like you can mess up words. You don't have to go back and redo it and, and have it edited. 
faith. I'm learning this stuff. But see, we got to have an authentic heart towards God. We come to him when we're right. We come to him when we're wrong. We just get into this worship mode where he has the ability to show me what needs to be done. It shows our love for him. But you have to understand, like I told uh, the praise and worshipers, I say, stop trying to get people to worship God because it's a personal thing. It's a hard thing. Stop trying to get them. Shut your eyes if you have to, but stop looking at them. Y'all you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like when, when I'm up here ministering, it's like I'm glancing the whole time. If somebody's growling at me, I just, just look at them and go to the next person. That's their growl. <laughs> it's what he's after. How can we know, how can we know, Rosalind, that that's what he's after? Because he tells us in John chapter 4, verse 23. But a time is coming and already is here when the true worshiper will worship the Father in spirit from the heart. And I'm not talking about your beating heart. I'm talking about your inner self. And in truth, for the Father seeks such people to be in his worshipers. He's looking for worshipers. Y'all understand? what? So he's looking for faith. Now they're telling he's looking for worshipers. Because when you worship God, you are recognizing all he's done, all he's doing, all he continues to do. Then it goes on to say, God is a spirit. Uh-oh. So you're telling me that we worship him from my spirit, not from my flesh? Whatever the spirit starts to doing, you're telling the flesh to get in line with that. God is a spirit, the source of life, yet invisible to mankind. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. You're forgetting what's going on with you. You're forgetting all the things that didn't go right last week. You're saying the blank with that. I'm going to worship him. There was a situation that, that I got a call from a person, and they said, look, mom called, and they, they, uh, the hospital are saying things don't look well. Things don't look well at all. They are feeling like she's ready to transition. But this is what Curly and I did. We prayed. We took authority. We prayed. We took authority. We rested in the, uh, in the authority that God gave us. So I said, I I'll be there because I had to come out of, from all the town. And I'm going to this hospital room, but the whole time I am, and Curly is, worshiping God for the deliverance, for the healing. So I, I walk into the room, and the person is sitting up in bed, eating some jello. They said she's supposed to transition, but he said, worship me. So the person ended up talking to him by the aisle. I said, look, I got, I got to go back to work. But I came in the room, and she's sitting up in the bed. So what happened to death? It had to leave. Why? Because worship is present. See, you don't have to be in the place for the death to heal worship. See, the God we serve transcends time, space, distance. So I'm kind of grinning to myself. They're like, okay, I, I guess they got it wrong. No, we made it wrong. So let me tell you what happened with worship. This is why the worshipers try to get you to worship. Y'all ready? And we saw this last week. I, I, a person asked a question. Pastor, how do you politely tell people to get away from you? Like when the presence is here, you're in, in glory with him, and then someone taps you or someone wants to talk to you. Like what's a polite, I need a polite way. A polite way. 
I'm in the glory. See what I'm doing with my hands? I'm in the glory. So I just told you I need space. I'm in the glory. And you say it real low. I'm in the glory. See, when a person has to force themselves to hear, then they pay attention more. Because they got to hear. I'm in the glory. And I teach that here, that if someone have hands laid on them, or someone begins to cry, don't touch them. Because as soon as they touch you, then you got to look see who touched you. I say, don't touch them. Some people don't like that. I'm their husband. I'm their wife. I say, well, go ahead, touch them there. Then they're going to fuss at you when they, well, I was in the presence of God and you messed it up. <laughs> but when we worship and praise God, we get refreshed. I'm talking about church after church. People didn't want to leave because they got into worship of God. So they got into a place of refreshing. Because, you know, by the end of service, people, you know, you see them. That's why we put the clock back there so I can see it, not up here so they can see it. You get refreshed when you worship. Our faith is strengthened. After that incident, we start laying hands on people. Because our faith, we got refreshed and then we got strengthened. We receive fullness of joy. This all happens with worship. This all happens with worship. We get the fullness of joy, not a piece of joy. Not parts of joy, but the fullness of joy. So if you're having trouble just dealing with some joy, you get the full extent of it. And it builds you up. You start seeing things different. You, you think so different, you don't even know who, who, who's thinking like that. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Because joy is internal strength that only God can give you. We receive wisdom. Remember, knowledge is accumulation of facts, but wisdom is how to use it. So we know a lot of people that's, that's smart, but they make special mistakes. They need to ask God for wisdom or either get into worship. So, Father, something is going on. So what, what do I need to do in this situation? Y'all can talk to God like that. Y'all know that, right? Every time I'm over there, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do today? Uh-oh, the enemy flees. So do you think the lady in the hospital, the death fled because we started to worship? The enemy flees. Because, see, remember I was teaching on the three battles? So what happens is when you start to worship God, they flee because they took their best shot and you still got up. So they're thinking to themselves, well, I know that was my best shot. I mean, when, when Satan tempted Jesus, Satan, he, he just knew. He said, look, I got this. I got, it, it's worked all the way in the Old Testament, so it should work on this guy. So Satan said, I tell you what, I did my best shot. It didn't work, so I'll come around for a more opportune time. So he said, I'm, I'm leaving, but I'm coming back. He came back. But, I mean, what is it when Jesus go to hell and strip everything in there? I mean, strip, you know, you do it like this. You, you, I mean, you know, you, you are, you're a head man, and your people get to see you naked. That's the most intimate way they can see you, and that's how Jesus just stripped it. So if Satan is a liar, so what is he going to tell us? Okay. So when you were referring to the three battles teaching that you did, what happens after the third battle? Like, if you come out in victory, what happens after? He'll try again. But see, you got experience now. 
you'll be able to say to yourself, yeah, he tried that. Y'all see what I'm saying? It's like you don't even take him serious no more because he took his best shot. How y'all know it was his best shot? Because it bothered us. We, we start questioning things. God, well, why did you allow this to happen? Remember I said, don't ask why. Holy Spirit, what do you need me to know about what happened? What, okay. Yeah, so when he took his best shot, he's like, okay, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for when 12 things have gone on with you, and then I'm going to be the 13th, the final blow. So make sure when you, when you get into stuff, start worshiping God. Like, like for Father's Day, what's that song I say I want? The goodness of God. See, I'm giving you a cry now. Because, see, y'all don't know how good he's been to me, but I know how good he's been to me. It's different. See, when you know what he's done for you and how you've seen him grab uh, where people were sick and the doctors didn't know what was wrong, he, he, his goodness healed them. See, you know, people get mad about tax season, but if you got abundance, you just pay the bill. You ain't got to sweat it. See, he's been good to me. We had situations where my daughter and her husband were dealing with the baby. The baby didn't make it. And then at the same time, I'm dealing with my daughter in New York and the, three, and the two grandkids of the coronavirus. So all that's going on at the same time. But you, did you see any difference in my teaching? Because the goodness of God, I knew was going to bring them through. But this thing was intense because while Curly was taking jazz with, with, with the baby situation to the hospital, I, I, I see my daughter and I call her, I say, What's going on? Because y'all know you can see things, and I taught y'all that when you see somebody's face and you're not thinking about it, you need to reach out to them. And I reached out to her. I said, well, what's going on? She said, Dad, uh, I got the virus. Eli got the virus, and Maya got the virus. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, now do I call Curly and tell her this now while she's with Jazz? Because I'm asking for wisdom. And the Holy Spirit said, just wait till they get home. But wait until Jazz is laying down. Because the husband gets off at a certain time. So we said, come, come over here until your husband gets off. Because they said, you're not supposed to be by yourself. So all this is going on. So this is where I'm learning about the battles. Because see, the enemy is looking to see what my reaction is going to be. But if he's already defeated, then what's going to happen? He's already lost. So if losing is on this side, then what's on this side? Winning. So now I got to think like a winner. I got to think what his promises say. And so the, the enemy shows us. Show Curly. Curly shared the dream with, about the wolves coming to, to, to the vow. So I got to make a decision. She has to make a decision. So he already showed me he's coming after Mika to take her life. So there were days at a time, two days. I didn't talk to people other than my wife because I'm in prayer. Because I got to make sure that I line my, my, my mind up with what God says. She'll live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. But I'm standing up here and I'm still talking about how faithful God is. And I'm teaching about the three battles because I want you guys to know what to do when it's your turn. And so the goodness of God brought all, all of them out. All of them out. Did I cry sometimes? Yes. But I cried and I worshiped. She cried and she worshiped. Did we stand? We stood. 
This is what I'm talking about, guys. Healing takes place. Worship. The enemy has to flee. So he took his best shots. He said, okay, well, I'll come around this way. Yeah, he came. But she's standing now. All of them are healed now. In jazz and chord. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you in advance. What Satan meant for evil, God, you turned that thing around for good. I thank you in advance. Y'all stretch your hand toward him. So, Father, we thank you that children is an inheritance. We just speak to the womb. We speak to core. We speak to jazz. And we just thank you, Father, in advance that we call them pregnant right now in Jesus' name. We thank you in advance that the lining of her uterus is strong. We thank you in advance that everything that you purpose to do in and through them is manifested. When they're ready, so are you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all put time and date on that. Because I'm just doing what he told me to do. He said, stop and pray. Go on and say, healing takes place. But now she, 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 she walked back with an attitude. Okay? So healing took place. You, you got to sing your way through, guys. Deliverance takes place. If you, 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 you bound by something, deliverance takes place. Doors that were, were closed are open. Jasmine called me this week and was telling me, hey, hey, hey I, I saw what the father did this time. I saw it, Dad. I saw it. <laughs> Jazz, tell him what he did. If y'all watching, just keep on watching. Are you talking about the job situation? Yes, yes, ma'am. Talking about okay, the job situation. Well, y'all have heard me complain about my job for did a plethora of years. It's been two years now, and I'm like, Lord, come on, deliver me. <laughs> and he helped me see a different perspective. Uh -oh. And he said, you've been working for 15 plus years to not be what's called client-facing, so not being the first person that a client interacts with. You want to be behind the scenes, and now I've finally been promoted to be behind the scenes and working with higher-up people instead of clients. So he helped me to see, to be grateful that this is what I've been working for, although it might not be the company that I want or the benefits that I want. At least I was able to see it from a different perspective. What perspective? His perspective. We know it wasn't hers, didn't you? Amen. Amen. Just mess with you, sis. Just mess with you. I got a question over here. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just resting. I'm resting, Bernadette. I'm just resting. So I have a family member whose faith comes to me a few times, uh -huh. but they have shared with me that they don't want to communicate. So instead of calling them, uh -huh. I pray, but go. is there something, I, I don't know, should I be praying in the spirit? Because usually it comes with a sense of, Heavy. Yeah, okay. like, Lord, don't let anything that okay. happen to them. I, I'm praying for their salvation and that, They'll just come to know him genuinely. Okay. You're doing the right thing. But I would make sure that I, I pray something about their deliverance. I mean, um, Ephesians talks about that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they know the hope of their calling in Christ Jesus. So what I found out is that when I pray that way, the enemy stops, stops bringing their face because he wants me to be tormented. You follow me? So when I start to, to see somebody's face and I pray for them, then I start to worship God for the fact that thank you for showing it to me so that way I know they're free. Amen? That's good. So doors that were closed are now open. But um, this is a new one. Doors that were open were now closed because we weren't supposed to walk through it. When you worship, he started shutting some doors. Because we it might be big money. You know, you, you might get a promotion that you, you, you think is the best thing ever came your way. He said, shut the door, shut the door. 
Spills your bondage and, and strongholds are broken. Like being in drugs, masturbation, porn, whatever. He, he, he just breaks it. Just strongholds just broken. But wherever there's a stronghold, when he breaks it, he opens up a new stronghold. See, we always see strongholds as a negative, but see, strongholds as a positive if you are operating in that. Coming to church on Sunday, some people are addicted to worship. They're addicted to coming to church. So is coming to church wrong? So that's a good stronghold. What is praise? I, I, I covered that. I covered that. I covered that. So I'm going to go ahead and stop. Y'all okay now? Y'all got what you needed? But, but let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about, about, about praise. I mean, yeah, about praise. Check this out in Psalms 104. So, guys, always study. You know, I have four, four translations up when I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, at getting words together, getting sermons together, teachings together. And so I like the message because, you know, it's, it's cool language. It's cool language. She said, stop it now, stop it now. But anyway. So it says in Psalms 104, it says, enter with the password. We're talking about praise. It's thank you. How many of y'all want to give people things when they say thank you? Then when, when, you, when you have somebody snatch something and they don't say nothing, what, what, what do you think? Take it back. Somebody say, snag it. What do you say, Nicole? Snatch it back. Corey said, snatch it back. But he said, enter with the password. Thank you. Make yourself at home. Talking praise. Thank him. See, we start out with praise and then we end up in worship. We start out with praise and then we end up in worship. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I like to have every head bowed and every eye closed. So we're starting out with praise. We praise you for what you did. We praise you for what you're doing. We worship you because you cannot fail. That everything that you do is perfect. We don't have to understand it in order to enter into it. But we thank you, Father, for the, the people that are watching, the people that are here. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, this is the opportunity. This is the time where you say, not another day, not another minute, not another hour, not another, another week will go by without me solving this issue. Because now that I have the understanding of wisdom, I choose to step into the wisdom that God has given me to make the, the decision of my life. Because after today, if you don't know him, this is the decision that you need to make. It is the missing ingredient. So those who want to know him, you just follow these simple words. And in fact, the people in this congregation are going to repeat after me in agreement with what's taking place with you. And repeat after me, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Your word says... Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus, I call on your name now. I ask you to come into my heart. I receive you as my Lord. That means I listen to what you tell me to do. And I'm obedient to it. And Savior, meaning that you saved me from damnation. Therefore, according to your word, I am now saved. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. Please visit our website, ChosenRVA.com, and check in with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at ChosenRVA. We hope you'll join us again soon.